0: Holy fuck, what a year. Yeah. It's a been, lot happened. It's been
1: 2016
0: for three years. It, yeah, it literally has. Uh... Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Waffle Press Podcast. I'm your host, Gabe Crespo. It's my co-host, Gina Versa. We're here hey. to talk about movies, because that's what we do on the show. And there's a lot of movies that came out in 2019. A lot of other stuff happened, too, which we're going to talk about. TV shows. Gene played some video games. I didn't play anything new this year, so I'd be irrelevant. Mm-hmm. But we're also going to talk about our favorites and what we consider to be the best things of the decade. Mostly movies. We have lists on our phones because we are professionally and professional. But also, I'd like to highlight some video games because I played video games before this year. Not so much this year, but um, Getting my host Joe Crespo, Geneversa. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of a lot of stuff's been happening. Gene, looking back at this year, are you proud of what you've done?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah. I didn't even prepare this in the notes. I just feel like <laughs> it's important to just talk about. Just throwing this at me. Yeah. How yeah. you
1: doing? Yeah. yeah, I think I really uh, put myself out there, um, pushed my limits. Pushed it to the limit mm-hmm. in terms of uh, Scarface music.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, not really the goal. Yeah. never want Scarface to be your goal. For no, the, yeah, a terrible the person. person out there. I know some younglings actually listen to this, so thank yeah. you. Yeah. Every
1: rapper, take that poster
0: off of your uh, bedspread. The Scarface no. poster. No, <laughs> they uh, Maybe they just like there's there's the cinematography. There's a difference between appreciation and mm-hmm. legitimate like. I want, the, like, you no know, there are people that saw Wolf of Wall Street and were like, that's the life I want. <laughs> and that is not the intent of it's Wolf like of Wall Street. like he uh, gets indicted on six counts, <laughs> that's the life I want. Like, if you come away, walk, like, walk away from Wolf of Wall Street <laughs> being like, I want that life. That movie endorses that lifestyle. <laughs> wow, wasn't that great? We don't have sponsors, but we did have to cut away. New microphone, because we're, we're getting better at this, I think, it's safe to say. The last couple of years, we've been slowly improving our quality and sound, wow. guests, Episodes, all this stuff. I'm actually mm-hmm. quite proud of the progress we made along the way. Yeah, I
1: met
0: you on a bus, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, uh, on a bus in high school, because that's that's how you meet people in high school. That's not how I met everyone, but apparently no, that's how I yeah. met Gene. Yeah. Um, but we've come a long way, and I think it's safe to say 2020 will be our best year yet. I think, or maybe maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think so. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, if not, then. Oh, well, we'll just we'll have to, to do better. Anyways, that's, failure is not an option. That's what, that's what I'm going for. Um, but speaking of failure, let's talk about The Rise of Skywalker. Because that's the big topic of the day. We just want to get this out of the way. Uh, Matt Gringo and I did an episode I'm very proud of for the Star Wars retrospective. Uh, it's over an hour long, so that's why I just feel the need to go bring it up again right here. Uh, check that out, if you would please. But Gene, your thoughts on The Rise of Skywalker, I don't think you've shared... <laughs> with the podcast I, so. I really
1: i yeah i think i briefly like put something on instagram or something like oh it was uh it was enjoyable had a good time uh it's over now go away <laughs> um yeah i liked it enough uh, i certainly enjoyed myself in the theater um i don't think it's a perfect movie by any means i think jj is like the new england patriots where it's like he keeps uh, winning yeah um yeah, JJ made a lot of fumbles. He kept uh, running the ball and uh, just a lot of bad calls. I just did not agree with at all. But I enjoyed myself at least. I mean, it's over. The Skywalker Saga, whatever they want to call it to market it, market it and make it uh, profitable <laughs> and still make movies. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, it was, uh, yeah,
0: It was good. Yeah, they'll they'll probably re-release it in theaters as like another event thing, like they did with Far From Home. Yeah. yeah. I'm getting, uh I don't know, getting a little tired of re-releases, by the way. Oh, I a, am, too. Tangent, yeah.
1: I definitely am, too. Because it's not like a extended cut of Apocalypse Now. It's just like two extra scenes in Spider-Man. Yeah. And far From Home, a movie I don't like.
0: It's funny that you that you bring Apocalypse Now because, like, you know, that was one of the big re-releases. And even then, I'm like, kind of make the movie worse, in my no, opinion. No, no.
1: I like when he's on the French farm and uh, you see the nuances of the war and all of that. And, you know, it
0: gets a little too literal for me. Well, that, which, the... which uh, I think is the problem with Rise of Skywalker, yeah. and I, hey. obviously I talked enough about that. I did a whole podcast. Right. On it Imagine too, if like... George Lucas did a podcast now, as it intended. You <laughs> uh,
1: know,
0: George Lucas had his. Uh... He was not a bad filmmaker. I mean, no. I mean, I love American Graffiti. American Graffiti's great. THX, obviously. THX, um, um, student films, I guess. <laughs> Star Wars, you know, he gets he gets a lot of flack for the prequels. Uh, rewatching Phantom Menace, when I was wrapping presents for Christmas. Um, that's not a bad movie. No, that's there's that there's totally crippling problems with it, but it is not a bad film compared to some shit that came out this year. It might as well be the Sistine Chapel. Yeah. Uh, but I only say some of the stuff this year, because I think it is not a surprise to say I was kind of down on the film world this year for a little bit. Uh, Specifically leading into summer, I was not in the best place with movies. Mm -hmm. And as the year progressed, I was like, hey, there's some good stuff coming out. And now, I don't know if I'm going to have time to see everything before the year's up. Yeah, I'm
1: just trying to see Uncut Gems, and that's it. You haven't seen it yet? I haven't seen it yet. Don't spoil
0: it. I I will not (laughs) spoil that movie. Um, We'll... I will definitely bring that up again later. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited to see the yeah. acting debut of Kevin Garnett. <laughs> You're gonna be so happy. Yeah. Um, but I guess. A lot. Anything else you want to touch on Rise of Skywalker? Just I, I wanted to give you this moment to like really yeah. get out there. Um. I just. I don't think there were retcons, but there were a lot of
1: like. 180 turns that really disappointed me. Where it feels, like I, you know, everyone's has their whole opinion on this trilogy, made up, you know, whatever YouTube video they want to pair it. Um, but I just feel like the, this franchise, I think it's good. There are two really great movies and an alright one, but it feels like these films made by two very different people. Mm-hmm. Like, two, like like it's like a Ghidorah of, uh, of a franchise.
0: They're all oh, fighting man. each other. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Honestly, I said in... When I discussed The Last Jedi for the first time on the show and I said it again recently that Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, as different of those as those two filmmakers are, I think those two feel like one whole co- cohesive piece. Mm-hmm. One of the problems with Skywalker for me is that it feels like it's a different person who made the... From the Force Awakens. Yeah. It feels like like completely different... What
1: was J.J. doing in between this?
0: Look, there's... Everyone wants to paint someone as the villain. Yeah. I think there's enough blame to go around with the state of how franchise filmmaking is. Just the turnarounds Mm. are ridiculous. There's no reason why this shouldn't have taken three years instead of one and a half because the production schedule on this is the tightest window of any Star Wars movie ever. Yeah. That's... For the, For the last, last one. one. For the last one. That's, that's crazy. Don't do th- That's bad. And I think that's my point. Um, that I also leave off on, on the retrospective episode two. And I think it's safe to say we're kind of in the same ballpark. I think we were pretty eye to eye on this movie. We're like, it's yeah, we enjoyed it enough. Never, ever let this happen again. Right. Uh, this franchise is better than that. The People who worked on it have done better than this. And make sure every movie is like... Make sure it's something to be proud of, not yeah. just to make a release date. And I think that's kind of what happened here a little bit. But you can't win them all. I'm um, Adam Sandler and Nutcut Gems, who will get an Oscar nomination. I hope so. Uh, mark my words, that yeah. would that would be terrific if that that came to be. Um, but looking back at the rest of the year, Gene, you you played some video games, you read some comics. Is there anything you want to highlight from here before we get into like the movies of everything?
1: Yeah, Death Stranding, I loved another great Kojima game. Mm-hmm. He's uh. He's a tour. He's a video game he's on tour. A he's a little, a, little yeah. out there. But. Yeah, he's a, what is it What do you call a Nicholas Finding Ruffin?
0: Oh. George. Uh, Nicholas Finding Ruffin is my pretentious art house film boy. Yeah. Who I don't know if he's high on his own supply. I don't know if he's in on the joke. But I don't really care either way because I get a kick out of him.
1: Yeah, I feel like that about Kojima. where, uh, Yeah, just the way he... Uh, presents himself in his games are, you know, he creates his own living world, and uh, a little pretentious at times, I forgot what movie he liked, I'm like, oh, no,
0: no, don't, <sighs> I, r- I remember, I don't want to say
1: it, oh, Green Book, you like yeah, Green you book. like Green Book, you like... both, you, you messaged me that, you were like, <laughs> no, <laughs> I was disappointed that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Cody, you <sighs> liked uh, Green Book, I'm like, darn it, why, why, but, you know, no one's perfect. No one's perfect. No, they're perfect. like the Rise of Skywalker. Of they people. like the Rise of Skywalker. I think he <laughs> liked it too. But Death Stranding is great. You're just Norman Reedus playing as him. You feel like you're him and you're holding this uh, this bridge baby that could detect um, these like Dementor figures called... Uh, uh, well, I forgot what they're called. They're like these ghosts. And uh, they're um, the barrier between life and death has been destroyed. So like America has become like, like um, split apart. All the nations of the world are just under attack by these uh, by these like ghouls almost, mm-hmm. and uh, you have to unite America. And it's his statement on uh, Brexit and Trump and all the division of uh, of uh, you know kind of the alt right and the, all the fascism taking over the world. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a really fun game. It's like it's it's really calming. You're just hiking and fighting off random dementors, and, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's really zen playing it. I love it.
0: Yeah, I've heard some people say, like, oh, it's so, like, obvious with a political statement. I'm like, who, yeah, who yeah, cares, dude? But everything's that's political. That's cool. You know? Yeah, like...
1: Like, I don't know, like, when they're like, oh, you know, they're like, I wish when Star Wars this wasn't political. Oh, yeah, this if you mo- say
0: that, you're an idiot. Yeah, this like, movie... So, that's
1: just a fact. This movie about the Vietnam War, <laughs> and, like, the, um, the invasion of Afghanistan, in 2003, for the prequels. That, I don't know, like, what, 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 uh, what is something that's not political? Like, I don't know, like... I think... <laughs> like a kid show? Not even a kid show, like, look at,
0: like, Hey Arnold or something. Yeah, no, no, everything... Everything's like... I fun. think this is the, the big problem with... or just some smucks on YouTube, too, so I'm kind of shooting ourselves in the foot by me saying this, but, like, a lot of people on YouTube, like, a lot of them are popular, like, film... <laughs> nerds i guess on there they're always saying like you know like they're complaining about stuff being political and it's like who gives a shit because everything you do is in like an act of 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 political nature you know like cats in a sense is political it is also a genuine like horrifying disaster of a film that everyone should watch in theaters with the largest crowd possible but it is also like maybe a little politically um upsetting there's a i, I have questions about tom hooper's racial politics i'll just leave it at that go check out the cat's perspective because there's some red flags in there i'm not sure about yeah um but like everything you do says something about like your, your belief system or like what your politics or something like that and i think it's ridiculous to even like shy away from that so going into 2020 if you still believe that put that away lock it in a box throw away the box <laughs> blow up the box. Because it's stupid and you're wrong.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, What's well, not wrong? Our opinions on movies, mm-hmm. which we're going to talk about now.
1: Yeah.
0: There's a lot of good ones this year. Oh, great. A lot, a lot of good ones. So we're going to do our top five of 2019, and then we're going to do our top ten of the 2010s decade. Because yeah. there was a lot of movies that yeah. I really liked. and It was really hard for me to do. I, right. I narrowed down a list of 100. Oh man. Yeah. I just <laughs> dwindling it down. I'm... Yep. Yep. I had to dwindle it down for this show, and I think it's also important to note. Um, that though we're saying this right now in like a year or two if we're like oh yeah this probably would have been on my list instead of this now looking back at it that's just going to happen because art is not an objective form of expression it is just a thing to talk about and experience and enjoy so that's what we're here to do today on Waffle Press Uh, Gene would you like to go first what is your number 5 pick of 2019? yeah um, probably number 5 would be Parasite Oh, so, uh, uh, director Bong Joon-ho, Bong Joon-ho, legendary South Korean filmmaker who yeah. um, is also very political. Yeah, he's uh, the GOAT. He is literally the GOAT. He's one of the greatest filmmakers of all time. Um, and he had this great statement in, in an interview where he said, everyone's living under one nation. It's called capitalism. <laughs> yeah. So if you want sure. like art that doesn't veer into politics fuck off yeah he's there to tell you to shut up nerd and get stuffed in a locker uh my number five is actually knives out by our boy ryan johnson um a total hey. crowd pleaser awesome uh It* that is kind of not a whodunit for a lot of it and then it kind of is a whodunit and it's a big genre blending metatextual mystery film it's definitely a mystery um yeah but uh, well, you know,
1: all things considered, you're still trying to figure out stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, spoilers, totally. Certain um, you know, things that get revealed. Yeah. Uh, you know
0: what? Actually, this is going to be a little different. But let's just talk about these two back and forth, then. why why is Parasite on your list, and I'll talk about why Knives Out is on my list after. Yeah. Um, I just felt that Parasite. It's like this movie that's
1: at one point it's like a horror, then it's a thriller, and then it's like all these different things and it like genre hops around, and it keeps going. You want to live in this world and, like, you're so captivated by these characters. And even though, like, they're not the best, like, you certainly want... You feel for them and want them to be okay, Mm -hmm. you know? It's such a work of, um, yeah, it's such a great work of art.
0: Yeah, and uh, it's a great use of production design. Like, it's it's not just the house is, like, really well, like, lit and it's not just a great piece of modern art uh, or modern architecture. It was built for the film. And just the way it's structured, what the film is about with class, and how the rich are basically just like dismissive of everyone in the lower class spectrum, and uh, how they're they're viewed as this is not a spoiler they're viewed as parasites. That's the whole point of the film. I mean, it's, there's a lot of stuff in the film, um, but I'm just very impressed by how it's the house is structured, kind of like the. the the character struggles. Yeah. In the film. You know, they're kind of shuffled onto lower levels of things and Mm -hmm. they're not really appreciated by having to survive anything, uh, by the people who actually own the house and it's uh it's a terrific film and I'm very glad it made your list and I expect it to make many more lists. Yeah, I feel like we're gonna have like crossovers on our lists. Oh no. (laughs) Spoiler alert, we just had one. Um but uh yeah, for me Knives Out kind of has the same like eat the rich attitude not not nearly as like cutting but uh the the tone is different they're very different films and i think you kind of get the same um expert level filmmaking from both of those uh Ryan Johnson's also has like a, an immigration angle that i do, was not expecting yeah. in the film uh fantastic lead performance by Ana de Armas who's was great in Blade Runner 2049 mm-hmm. and was in smaller roles before, but this is like the one where she really gets to shine. She's great in Blade Runner, but you know, yeah. I mean, she's not the focal point of that movie. And she, right. she's a good character. she is the focal point of this film. And she has a really wonderfully expressive face. She's nominated for Golden Globe. Golden Globes don't really mean that much, but like, I was just surprised that she got that. And then I'm very happy for for her her character and the, the film's narrative because that made me go to a happy place. And I guess it's a new holiday classic for me because I watched it on both Thanksgiving and Christmas Day. So, There you go. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Uh, number four, Gene.
1: Yeah, um, The Irishman. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, um, I just love that film where it's three and a half hours of uh, this long tale about gangsters and um, it really worked for me. It's good to see uh, Pesci back mm. after his long uh, retirement. He is coming back yeah um yeah i certainly really enjoyed it and uh you know it talks about a lot of things um it's kind of this like his like grand statement on like gangster movies too because it talks like yeah you know if you live this long, what's going to happen to you as a as a mobster or a criminal you Mm -hmm. know it's not it's not exactly right and um yeah it really
0: shines a light in that yeah one of scorsese's best i completely agree the irishman it's a great film, and not to spoil anything, but it will appear on my list, too. <laughs> so definitely some crossover okay. with us. For sure. Uh, I, I'll, I'll, save, I'll save more of my thoughts for, for then. Uh, my number four is actually Ad Astra, the, um, the James Gray film. Sad Astra. <laughs> Sad Astra. Uh, Sad Astra. Dad Astra. Rad Astra. <laughs> um, no, it's a very slow-moving film, so I've seen some people say it's actually Bad Astra. It's a bad pun. It is bad because they're also wrong. Not, whatever, if you don't like it, you don't like it. That's not the point. Um, I thought it was a very moving film. It's been described as Apocalypse Now in space, which it uh, it structurally is Apocalypse Now, but it's also a film about human connection and how adhering to certain codes, uh, structures, guidelines for what is like respectable um, can often be limiting emotionally and how... Uh, you know, it's a, it's a very literal movie about the sins of the father going on and uh, affecting the son. Yeah. But it, it's also, I think, very much a story about human connection. And that sometimes pe- there's a danger of losing oneself in search of something greater when there's also greatness around us, you know. And I mean, like, it's a very prevalent, like, idea, given that people want to really go back to space and stuff like that. And obviously space is great. We should totally keep exploring that, too. But it's like, that's also... Focus on problems here. You don't. It doesn't have to be one or the other. It should be all. There's there's yeah. things to take care of on this planet of existence. And also, spoiler, alert, spoiler alert minor spoiler alert. Um, Brad Pitt fights a monkey. Yeah. And it's awesome. Yeah.
1: Um. Yo. Um. They also reference Dark Star, John Carpenter's Dark Star, where it's like he gets the thing and it's like he's almost like surfing on it. Like at the end of oh, the that, that is kind of,
0: yeah, 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 that is for people. I know a lot of people haven't seen Dark no Star, no one's seen Dark Star, <laughs> <laughs> no one listening. People, people watch Dark Star. I know, um, uh, Matt, Matt's seen Dark Star, okay, Matt Garengo, yeah. Um, Dark Star is a great film, check it out. It's uh, John Carpenter's first film, and it was made for pennies, basically, yeah. And it looks like it, but it's still a great film. Um, not as good as Ad Astra, still, to yeah. me. Um, but yeah, a very beautiful film shot by amazing cinematographer Hoyt Van Hoytema, who had a hell of a glow up this decade. Oh my God. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, great work all around. I think the one thing that people are generally iffy on from him is like Spectre, and that's not even his fault. The images are beautiful in that film. That is, that's not the, the takeaway here. But uh, yeah, great work, um, great designs, great locations. It costs like a third of what... The last Star Wars movie cost. And it looks like it's the same budget. So, bravo, James Gray. I, yeah. I really loved your work on that film. And I cannot wait to see what he does next. Killer Brad Pitt performance. Do not know if I'd nominate him for this or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But he deserves it for either one. All right, Gene, number three. What do you got?
1: Uh, Yeah, number three was Knives Out.
0: There we go. Okay. Yeah. What do you thoughts on Knives Out? Yeah,
1: um, I thought it was a great uh, contemporary movie on uh, America. And uh, a lot of... Uh, I had a lot to say about the country and left and right and yeah, there's um, yeah a lot to uh, unpack with it. Um, it's a good Thanksgiving movie for sure. It's I feel a like great one. Yeah, Thanksgiving. yeah. Start getting family members. I could relate. Um, yeah, but you know, terrific cast and just um, you know, I just I love uh, Benoit Blanc. <laughs> yeah. Benoit Blanc. Benoit Blanc. Blanc I had it right. Mm-hmm. Where uh, I love Daniel Craig in that. His yeah. foghorn, uh, act. yeah, foghorn, foghorn leghorn. accent, yeah, foghorn leghorn, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he really plays off uh, and the armas really well. A mm-hmm. great thing on.
0: Love to see more uh, Benoit Blanc yeah. adventures, right? I would love to see more Ryan Johnson Star Wars movies. <laughs> yeah, which are coming eventually, right? Oops. so. Fingers crossed. Fingers. Crossed. I such a. I, I don't have any inside information or anything. I just I feel very positive about those happening in light of recent events as all. But if he doesn't go back to a galaxy far, far away and we just simply get more Ryan Johnson movies and Knives Out sequels. Oh yeah. Well, we all win. Yeah, so, I love Looper. Yeah. I love Brothers Bloom. Loop Looper, one of the best of the decade, I think we we could yeah. both agree on that too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, great great pick. Knives Out, I think I'm glad a lot of people are also like yeah. like, have also watched it. I kind of have this one group of family members that I kind of use as like my social guinea pigs. Mm-hmm. Basically, if they see a movie, I know it's a hit. Yeah, They all saw Knives Out on Christmas Day and adored it. So that tells me something very good about the general population. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number three is Uncut Gems, the Safety Brothers joint starring comedic legend Adam Sandler, who's, you know, comedic stuff movie-wise not always been the greatest hit, but... I've always gone to bat for him as a serious actor because my belief is that comedic actors, genuinely great comedians, are good actors. Because they have to sell material and you have to buy their performance on stage, you know. When you do stand-up, it's basically doing like a mini-performance for a large room of people. And um, he does not disappoint here at all. This is probably his best performance ever. Uh, Punch Drunk Love has got some serious competition again. Uh, also, no disrespect to funny people, which is maybe the most underrated Adam Sandler performance. Um, but Uncut Gems is exactly what you've heard about it being like a two-hour anxiety attack. But it's also a very touching, moving film.
1: Yeah,
0: I think the true beauty of the Safdie brothers—they get a lot of like hype for like just how intense the movies get. A lot, like if you've seen Good Time, whew, you know. But um, it's not a good time. You like, <laughs> uh, 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 should have called it a stressful time. Um, but I think the real like hat trick with their stuff is that they're very human and they really care about the people and the characters. Like, every little person they bump into on the street in the film feels like a real human being. Sometimes it was because they just pulled people off the streets like the Safety Brothers on the day of recording this. One of them just said that they couldn't sleep a night before shooting, went to shoot craps in a hotel downstairs where they were staying in New York and they met someone and put him in the film. And... Okay. And you would never be able to tell if they just pulled in Oof. anyone off the street they just feel like they're from the street but you buy their performances yeah it has people a who are not too. actors yeah and so that's really great uh, i just i've been getting into john Cassavetti's work recently i he was a big blind spot for me and i got a major Cassavetes vibe from them but for the 2010s so i'm i cannot wait to see what they do next i hope their 48 hours remake gets some traction now and i hope adam chandler plays the cop because this is one of the best movies of the year yeah. probably of the decade, uh, you cannot go out to see it fast enough. Yeah, or bring back the original cast in 48 hours. Oh, I love Nick Nolte so much. Yeah, and Eddie Murphy's come back. Eddie Murphy, yeah. Eddie Murphy did not make my top five. But I love Eddie Murphy and I think we both agree Dolomite is my name. Watch it on Netflix. It's a good one. Uh, number two, Gene.
1: Um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes. I hope that wasn't your number two. No. Okay, no, no. good, good. Yeah, um, I thought that was uh, this is a it was a great Tarantino movie. It really, um, it's just a fun hangout movie where you're you really want to spend more time with these characters and hang out with them. And like you love uh, you love um, you love like Brad Pitt's character,
0: even though he might have killed his uh, wife. If if I may, really quick, yeah. and then I want to let you have the floor on sure. that, because it did not make my top five, but I'm there's a future where it's totally on there. Like, oh yeah, that was my favorite of that year. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brad Pitt did kill his wife in that movie. I think it's important to say he oh 100% uh, is responsible for her uh, death. Yeah. It's whether or not it was intentional is kind of the discussion around it, I feel. I feel anyways. Uh, it's whether or not he intended to is kind of the debate around it right. for me anyways. Mm-hmm. But I think the, mu- the movie leaves a lot of like interesting ambiguity. It's yeah. not that he's not answering things. It's This, this is worth mentioning more often than not. And, you know, there are some genuinely shady people in the film industry. Mm-hmm. And in the film, I think it, it's, it's kind of, Tarantino's gotten rightful flack for maybe... The Bruce Lee fight. Bru- Bruce Lee fight, um, just his own filmmaking practices um, and dangerous and crew members, whatever. Uh, there's enough out there by smarter people than I. I don't want to get into a whole thing. My read on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is that it's Tarantino saying, like, this is what I got. This is not... Yeah, like this is this is me pulling my heart totally out yeah. for what I love, mm-hmm. and um, uh, maybe giving back. You know, it's just a movie, but maybe movies are powerful enough to do some good out there. And you know, given the actual story of what happened, uh, mm-hmm. the Sharon Tate and stuff like that. I think it's a very moving.
1: Film. Yeah, I mean, that's like saying that if uh, the stars of the sixties and seventies, you know, they didn't try to uh, like replace one another, they just got along, or you know, if they were like more gracious towards each other you know because that was his like when he came up age watching movies too mm-hmm. so yeah i think it's yeah
0: pretty brilliant yeah you know it yeah. would be a fun double feature which one? inherent vice once upon a time <laughs> in hollywood yeah yeah same year 1969 yeah, that's true yep the end of an era kind of film i like those uh my next film is not about that my number two is parasite which we oh, already discussed a little bit but um yeah, it is every bit as good as you've heard, probably even better than we're talking about it. Uh, many people have it as their number one, I, I've, I've been told, and they're not wrong at all. Um, it is, God, if it doesn't get, like, awards recognition. Awards don't mean anything at the end of the day, you know, like, films are not confined to that, but, like, just how much hype has been given to this film, and how many waves like it's broken, like... I have family members that never watch foreign films in theaters, and they've heard about it. Hmm. So, like, it's making waves, waves. Yeah, I don't uh, think so. I, I hope... I mean, like, in, uh, I think, like,
1: in a lot of, uh, Korean communities, he's, uh, really well-known.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah. The director, yeah. Yeah, Bong Joon-ho, my dude. Uh, never stop making movies, please, because you're just too fucking good at it. <laughs> All right, Gene, this is it for the year. Number one film. Us. by Jordan Peele. Yes! <laughs> yeah. Yes! us oh, is fantastic. Please yeah, gush love. about it.
1: Yeah, I just, I love, he's, uh, Jordan Peele's just on such a role. I love Get Out. I think this was a, you know, maybe I enjoyed it a little bit more than Get Out, but yeah, it's just such it's a brilliant movie. It's such a well-made horror movie. It's a brilliant commentary on the, the country, on, uh, you know, how he sees the world, and, you know, you can keep watching it and watching it, and, like, it doesn't get old, you know? It really has so many layers to it, and then things to find, and a little things like i just love the uh you know just all the little sequences like you know when they play nwa or the beach boys and you know so many iconic moments and
0: yeah just uh, i love that it's amazing did not make my list and but that's one of those movies i'm totally like maybe i should have changed something else yeah maybe you should have maybe i should have it's so good and i love it so much uh I wrote a piece for, for the Patreon and my own blog about it that I'm still very, very proud of, about why that movie scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Like, legitimately kept me awake at night, just like my brain could not stop revolving around the, all, everything about that film. And, uh, yeah, that is that's an excellent choice. And I've seen some people say, like, well, you know, it's not as good as Get Out. And it's like, that's not the point of movies. Yeah. <laughs> it could be good on its own terms. Yeah. And also, I think it might be a little better than Get Out. But Get Out is also not... Anything less than like oh, a masterpiece, of course, also. Of course. Um, my number one is The Irishman mm. because that's real cinema, <laughs> not like that fake nerd shit you guys watch. Yeah, it's it's not true. like we've spent years and hours talking about them also on here.
1: Universe. Did you see um? You see the thing with Martin Scorsese's daughter like wrapped his present? Oh Marvel's yeah, <laughs> that was
0: really cute. That was adorable. Um, but seriously, The Irishman is also like. A, Every movie we talked about today. I think we both have pretty good top five. Um, Every bit as good as you've heard. I watched it in a cold theater, not knowing anyone, almost (laughs) running late to the theater. I had the worst seat in the house, the air conditioning blasting down on me, looking up at an angle at the screen. Minutes in, none of that mattered. Because I was just so like sucked in. The power of Scorsese, man, yeah. Um, And like, you know, I was joking about like, oh, it's real cinema. But it was one of those movies where I walked out after being like, well, first of all, the entire audience, like no one stood up when it was over. Everyone just kind of like, the energy I felt was like, everyone just kind of like sinking in like, whoa. Yeah. That's a heavy film. Yeah, you know? it
1: was, it's a hard watch. Like, you know, I mean, I love so that. Depressing. It's depressing. It's depressing, but I love that it's three and a half hours. And, you know, if, uh, you know, I said this in the last podcast, but yeah, if you watch it in a the movie theater, I'm not trying to be like elitist, but... It really helps with that experience. Like you can watch it however you want. You yeah. know, you want to watch it like in bursts or installments or I don't know about like a miniseries. But <laughs> uh, um, yeah. If you want to, you can watch it however. I mean, yeah. Use the bathroom. Yeah. Whatever.
0: Like, I I saw some people get flack to the like, oh how to watch Irishman as a miniseries thing. I'm, I'm pro that. But look, man. Not everyone can make it out to theaters. Theaters are expensive generally. It was only playing in a handful. It wasn't playing at like any AMC's or anything like wide. You know. Um, I had to drive out like an hour from us, Gene. Mm-hmm. So like, and we're in LA, like, so, but anyways, um, it was, it was totally worth watching the theater. Uh, I, I also rewatched it on Netflix and personally, I'm, I'm more of a theater guy, but like, again, it is also, we should also mention that they like, it's more complicated than just like, I prefer this and that, it's yeah. whatever. Um, but yeah, that, that is, it's a very powerful film. It is also like horribly, horribly depressing by yeah. the end.
1: I love De Niro. De is
0: so good, and Pesci. Pesci, he's known for playing like the loud, you know, like Do I Amuse You, you know, like uh, kind of psychopath. And here, he he still plays a psychopath, but it's <laughs> it's scarier to me yeah, because he's like he's so, quiet. he's so quiet and calm, and he's like a genuinely evil person in this too. Yeah. Pesci is outstanding. Uh, would be awesome if he got, like, a Best Supporting Actor nomination for a comeback role. Like, probably his last role ever. Because yeah. I, I think he doesn't give a shit about acting.
1: Well, I, you know, I think he's already, he's said what he's going to say. He's done what he, the roles he wanted to do. Yeah. I mean, he just, uh, I think he just raises, like, horses and stuff. Yeah, I mean, so more power
0: I mean, to him, him, you know? He's just enjoying his retirement, so. Yeah, and I mean, the fact that it doesn't miss a beat coming yeah. back after all these years, like, hell of a dude, uh. I, it still shocks me that this was the first time Pacino had ever worked with Scorsese. Yeah, we're like yeah,
1: uh, Pesci as well. And um, no, Pe- Pesci worked with.
0: Uh, Pesci- oh, you mean with Pacino? Yeah, with oh, Pacino, me, yeah. and
1: then um, yeah, probably like the third movie with De Niro, and then second yeah. on screen together.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like everyone forgets about that terrible movie, Right Kill. Righteous Kill. God, and had Fifty Cent that. in it. You mm-hmm.
0: know that movie? No, Fifty Cent could be a good actor. No, no, I mean like that, that movie, is so yeah.
1: random that it's like it's such a random movie. The reveal is like one of their names. They never tell you mm. their name in the movie. Like what? It's <laughs> trying
0: to be. It's trying to like outsmart the audience. Clever bullshit. It's, it's co- so I, fucking I, I smart. Care. And um, just imagine if that movie was as good as like The Irishman and Heat. That would be a perfect trilogy right there. A three-part epic about Pacino versus De Niro. Yeah, but that is not the. Are they on
1: screen any. like, as in they share the same frame with Heat? You would know this one.
0: They share one frame together. Okay. Because they don't share. Spoiler alert for fucking yeah, Heat. You if you haven't be, seen it, yeah, it's, it's, it's the last frame fun. of the film. It is my favorite. It's okay. in the diner. Like, in,
1: in history, it's a reverse over the shoulder. Yeah, they. Uh, it's over the shoulder. Man the got
0: story. got the wide. But he decided not to use it in the cut because he felt it was better to keep them separate until the end, where those characters are like. They're the ones that understand... It's just the total Michael Mann thing he does in every fucking movie. He makes the same movie every (laughs) decade and I eat it up every time. Yeah. Where they can't live with each other but they're the ones that understand each other. That's why they get the last shot together. It's my favorite moment in cinematic history. Whatever. Even Black Hat? Uh, Black Hat is...
1: (laughs) Is that going to be on your top ten at the end of the year? (laughs)
0: Uh, We'll get to that. (laughs) We'll get to that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, The Irishman, for lack of a better term, it's the shit. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It... It... It steamrolled over the competition for me yeah. this year. Those Marvel yeah. movies don't have anything. <laughs> yeah, what? Avengers? <laughs> Endgame? It fucking we're gonna, like, we're gonna lose half a fan base right now. And I'm gonna shove fucking you know. Tom Holland into a locker. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love Tom gonna Holland. Edit this out. <laughs> no, no no no, I love I love Tom Holland. He's I have not been guy. shy about that. Yeah. And...
1: yeah. I see
0: other people that don't like this new Spider Man either I'm like Tom leave Tom Holland alone. Yeah, he's not the problem. He's not Spider Man. Yeah, he's a, yeah, he's, a uh, he's a good boy.
1: Story and the uh, direction and just the general themes and understanding of, uh, the comics. But not Tom Holland. He's not the problem. Tom Holland, innocent. Um. He's like, uh, <laughs> you know, he's like this great candy wrapped in this, uh.
0: Bad rapper, yeah, exactly. That's a that's a good way to put it. Um, Far from home will not make her end of the year. Yeah, I would, yeah, would have thought like I would. We wouldn't have liked the movie. That is J.K. Simmons back as Jameson. Hate it. I told make you. you man. Just hate it. I said it on the podcast. It's the final finger curl of the monkey's paw. That's what that movie is <laughs> to me. Uh, but who that that's for the year. Um, we should move on to the end of the decade. Yeah, so we're not here a, for another hour. Yeah, take a break. Yeah. Yes, let's do that, and then we'll come back. Top 10 of the decade. Wish us luck, because holy shit. And we're back. We're here to talk about our top 10 of the decade. We're going to run through them a little faster than we did our top 5, just because I think, one, this is longer, and two, there's a lot of other stuff we want to talk about, like responses that people on Twitter sent us about their top 5 of 2019 and top 10 of the decade. Um, But first off, why don't we just start with our number 10, Gene. What is your number 10 best movie of the decade? you guess it or no? Do you want me to guess it? I don't know. Do you think I'll know it? Maybe. Last Jedi. No.
1: It's on there, but... Oh,
0: okay. Uh, Shin Godzilla. Oh, I'll, that makes all <laughs> sense, yeah. Shin Godzilla. It's great. Um, I love it. Yes, it is fantastic. 2016, best Godzilla movie of the decade. As someone who actually <laughs> loves
1: all three live-action Godzillas? Yeah.
0: Yes, it is. great. Yeah. So, so I need to watch Evangelion. A, yeah, because that director <laughs> can direct a fucking frame holy shit yeah godzilla is like scary in that and he looks like he has googly eyes in it and he's horrifying not a criticism it's it's legitimately brilliant um my number 10 is drive the nicholas Winding Refn film the reason i'm interested in film criticism and even podcasting in the first place is because i saw drive and i was uh, and the group of friends i went with i was the only person that felt absolutely head over heels in it. love with it yeah. and i was like okay that's the first movie that made me question, why do I feel this and why does no one else feel that?
1: Yeah. You know? Do you remember
0: that lady who tried to like sue? <laughs> yeah, some, For the, the OG of the decade fans, <laughs> uh, someone tried to sue the, the trailer house for Drive or something like that because they, they expected it to be like a Fast and Furious movie. Shout out to Fast Five, which only came out a couple months before Drive, which is also an excellent film. Excellent movie. And I, it does not make my top 10, though, but Fast Family for Life uh let number nine and then i'll start reading awesome responses yeah get out like get out of this house <laughs> nice yeah
1: yeah i love get out it's um, you yeah, know jordan peele's uh directorial debut and uh you know it was really the movie of its time yeah that's uh really
0: of its year era you know, sometimes so with the uh, feature length debuts you know some, some hit, some not so much not everyone's michael Mann's thief get out it, it was like a kicking the door down moment and Jordan Peele's like I'm here and everyone was like you got it dude yeah he's like welcome uh, like the Kool-Aid commercials oh yeah he just burst through that <laughs> shit um yeah Get Out is easily one of the best movies of the decade alright some quick responses for top 10 of the decade our friend at Machapon uh, Christian Morguthia Pacific Rim Got Pilgrim Spider-Man the Spider-Verse Promare which I believe is a recent film that I haven't seen. I haven't seen about about that. I haven't seen uh, it. Disaster Artist, so... Rogue One, Creed, which is another favorite of the Waffle Press, of course. Mm-hmm. The Lego Movie, Drive, and Get Out. That was not pre-planned, and we literally just got that. Yeah. So, thank Life you, Christian. Works
1: in extraordinary ways.
0: Yeah, very extraordinary ways. Uh, my number nine, Attack the Block. Believe it. Believe it. Um, <laughs> kill them. Kill all them things, Jedi. Uh, well, I guess he didn't try to be a Jedi after all, but he could have been. Uh, John Boyega is... He was uh, four cents. Sense- <laughs> he was four cents. Oh. Did you explain that in the, in the Q&A, not in the movie?
1: <laughs> we don't have time to
0: unpack more of Red Skywalker nonsense, but uh, John Boyega is still nothing but a talent, and that's the one that kind of introduced him to the world, and uh, Attack the Block is a great science fiction film uh, adventure horror. There's actually some very scary moments in there. Just a little... Little heavy on the violence, actually. Yeah. Um, it's a hard R, so if you got younglings and you're like, oh, space adventure movie like the Goonies. Or, or I guess that's a fantasy, whatever. The point is, not, you got kids and they like Star Wars, make sure they're a little older before they watch Attack the Block. But it's a great film, with surprisingly sensitive uh, uh, discussions and thoughts on racism in, in um, the suburbs mm-hmm. and, and urban industrial areas, specifically around uh, London in the UK. But I think it's pretty prevalent across the world and uh, very impressive film. One of the best movie endings ever. Uh, I love the ending of Tackle Block. Yeah, Moses. Moses. Yeah. Um, God, it's, that's it's a, a fucking one. great movie. Moses vs. the
1: monsters.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, check out The Kid Who Would Be King, which is the director's follow-up. Not as good, uh, but it's solid. I don't like it as much. Well, no, I don't like it as much either. But you know, like for a yeah. kid, that's one your kids it's a nice can watch. Nice kids movie, yeah. If your kids like Star Wars, uh, check check for that sure. out. Uh, all right, number eight, and then I'll read off some more. Yeah. Ex Machina. Ex Machina. Okay. I have Scarlet. Alright mm-hmm. Yeah you secretly directed Dread too.
1: Yes Or I guess not so Self. secretly <laughs> Yeah but, but yeah It's uh, crazy These, uh You know it's kind of an unofficial trilogy That Ex Machina Annihilation Judge Dread Or excuse me Dread
0: Dread yes yeah, Not this Sylvester Stallone one oh, no.
1: with... oh, in, yeah, shit, is, huh? I don't know Now with Holy shit He isn't Holy shit he is huh in it God.
0: Okay yeah, um, I don't know
1: all right, yeah, yeah, just Alex Garland, just anything he writes or directs, love it.
0: Yeah, Alex Garland. Um, he, he wrote uh the Halo draft back in the day when they did yeah, the Halo back movie. In the day. Uh, don't know if it would have worked, but it's available online. For people that are interested, um, oh. interesting stuff. But yeah, everything he does, I'm I'm totally game for. Yeah. Uh, other top five of 2019 from uh, at Jacob Knight, us Booksmart at Astra. Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Stephen Universe the Musical. Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood is an excellent movie that we yeah. didn't talk about. Yeah, it's, uh, very it's good pretty, one. Yeah. Another gives one gives you a lot of feels, that, many feelings. Tells you it's okay to feel. Yeah, uh, Marie Heller, who also directed. Um, oh shoot, what's the one with Melissa McCarthy? Uh, uh, it's, <laughs> uh, it's, it's she 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 plagiarizes a a, a manuscript. Oh, oh shoot! It's cool. really good. It's from the. It's from 2018. It's really terrific. Look up uh, Muriel Heller. It's a, it's a previous film from a Once, uh, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. It's very, very good. Um, some of the responses, really quick, because surprising the amount of people went through these, and I'm only going to highlight a couple because we're only on a limited amount of time here. So Sorry about that. Um, holy shit. Some of you have some weird handles that I, yeah. I'm not going to spend time trying to pronounce. So I'm sorry about that. Sorry. At Hone Ethan for the best movies of the year. Joker, Parasite, Irishman, El Camino, Star Wars, Rise of Skywalker, and then in quotations, uh, Uncut Gems. We don't agree with all of that, but you know what? Half of it we agree with, and you know yeah. what? That's kind of beautiful, too. More power to you. Yeah, more power to you. All right. My number eight, then, right? Because you just gave your number eight? Yeah, I did. The Last Jedi. Uh, I've tried to look at it from different perspectives. Some might call me a shill. A Ryan yeah. Johnson shill. Or, you know. I genuinely cannot fathom... Not the criticisms yeah. against this film. like I think there's probably some pacing stuff yeah, I would tighten yeah. down. Yeah, um, no, no movie's perfect. Yeah, yeah, of course. That's Every Star uh, Wars has like a thing, you know. Just things out there wrong. Uh I would, <laughs> I would agree. Like it's one of those ones where I'm just <laughs> like, just wrong. <laughs> like we're we're always trying to say like you know, art is objective. We have yeah. to like keep open discussions. I, I don't see it. It is not real to me. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, like I it's just like. I don't get it. How do you like Star Wars and think The Last Jedi is like the worst Star it's Wars like, movie? Yeah,
1: I mean, it's just people that don't like In-N-Out.
0: It's such a... Not... That I, I get. I love In-N-Out. Yeah. We're a very pro... We're a pro In-N-Out podcast. We're also a pro Last Jedi podcast. Um, but it is such a beautiful, moving film with... It, internet culture sucks sometimes because everyone's like, oh, no one's ever really gone like dumb. And I'm like, how do you find... Something that beautiful and human and moving, Mm -hmm. anything less than like a great, touching, yeah, just a great moment in cinematic history. Um, Mark Hamill deserved an Oscar for his performance in that, at least nomination. Oh yeah, Uh, it is at least the best written and best directed Star Wars movie to me. And his hair uh, in the movie. Oh yeah, his his (laughs) hair. Just love everything about him though. It is. It's a beautiful film about. It's a class conscious Star Wars film. Which, uh, it's not that they've been politically ambivalent up to that point, but that one's very, drives a hard line in, in the whole galaxy conflict. Uh, it's a great film, and I will watch it until the day I die. It's it's beautiful, and we should go on to number seven.
1: Yeah, um, number seven was uh, The Shape of Water.
0: Talk a little bit about that one.
1: Talk to you uh, by Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, it's just such an elegant movie. I remember hearing about it when he wanted to do it as a black and white movie, but... You know, he has that one sequence in black and white, and, you know, I guess, you know, sometimes just things don't work out, but, um, yeah, it's just such a great love story between a woman and, uh, another, like, you know, I mean, he's not a fish, he's, like, another species, and about, you know, really touching about love, and what Toro has to say about, like, the world, and what he sees, um, you know, what he sees as, uh, uh, just kind of, like, the evil, and the, you know, kind of the not so savory people in the world and like you know it's talking about for outcasts and everyone and i just i love that movie so much yeah
0: yeah it's uh that's another one that's very beautiful 2017 year like that year was yeah, just like, a like three or four from movies. movies yeah from yeah that, year. that fuck that was a great, year, was a great year um yeah absolutely moving uh listen to del toro talk on like interviews and, and podcasts about that one um dp 30 on 30 if you have uh, if you're uh, on youtube YouTube that's a good that's a good one uh gene and i were talking about before the show not to derail the whole conversation already we were like what are we watching there that we actually like like anymore that's a good one dp thirty thirty. um fantastic channel with great interviews uh that are very conversational like we try to do here but we're not interviewing Gerald or yet so um at andre on film for best of the decade Number one, Sing Street. Comet. Last Jedi. Yes. Uh, Django Unchained. Good Time. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Guardians of the Galaxy. Mid nineties. I know you like that one a lot. I did. Perks of Being a Wallflower, which I think is oh, great, I actually found, yeah. yeah. Okay, good. We're pro Perks of Being a Wallflower podcast. And uh, Gone Girl, which is David Finch's last film of the decade.
1: <laughs> Maybe yeah. What last film? Where's what happened? Book? I mean, I guess he's been doing
0: Mine honor. He's been doing Netflix shows, and I guess now he's doing. Uh, what is he doing? He's yeah. doing Mank, the the Mankiewicz Orson Welles film, mm-hmm. um, which I'm actually very looking forward to. David Fincher come back to me, I miss you. Alien three hashtag. Um, all right, my number seven. Sorry, seven. Right, yeah, seven? seven. Number seven. Inception. Christopher Nolan's Inception. Oh no. His first movie of the decade. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Got a lot of flack uh, once Twitter started taking off. People were like, that movie like isn't really that good. They really have it, Alfred Nolan. They sure do. Yeah. And you know what? doing the, the Batman retrospective and revisiting Dark Knight trilogy and stuff like that and uh, actually no I was not going to go on a whole tangent about how that reminded me of how much I love Nolan I've never stopped loving Inception Yeah, Inception I think is, is the Christopher Nolan film yeah. um, Dunkirk is fantastic everything he's done Dunkirk. this decade I think is very impressive um, but it's a in, Inception
1: this documentary.
0: Oh, he did a documentary. <laughs> yeah, he did a documentary. Oh, okay. I guess uh, I'll check. I'll have to check that out at some point. Yeah. Would it, you think it would have gone on my best dedicated list? Uh, probably not. It's like ten minutes. No. Oh. Oh, well, I guess not. <laughs> but uh, Inception is great. It's uh, a heist film, and like all heist films, it's kind of about making movies a little bit. Yeah. With everyone fulfilling like a purpose in their role. The architect, the shade, um, the producer, who is yeah. Ken Watson character in that film. Like, it's not even subtle. Like, it's a, that's just what it is. Um, I I remain consistently entertained, impressed, and I fall deeper in love with that film. And it's also one of those, it ends on a moment that reminds me that like, oh yeah, the criticism about Nolan being a cold filmmaker, are kind of like, I guess if you saw like pieces of his films, you'd think yeah. that. But uh, he's clearly a dude Very... who just loves people. Yeah. You know? And um, yeah, yeah it's, it's a fantastic film. All right, so number six, we're moving on.
1: Yeah, I was going to say The Last Jedi. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't really think I could talk uh, your thing about The Last Jedi, but um, I'm going to say Mark Hamill liked a tweet of mine one time. There you they go. He said I liked his voice because he was apparently the uh, voiceover for a trailer, uh teaser for Kingdom Hearts, and I'm like, Mark Hamill. It's like, you know, I tweeted at him, like, oh, yeah, Mark Hamill's voice is better than a warm glass of
0: milk to put you asleep." <laughs> and he liked it. Mark Hamill. <laughs> oh. The internet fucked <laughs> up The Last Jedi discourse so bad. Uh-huh. People weren't just like unanimously championing that like, oh yeah, Mark Hamill a great actor. runs away with the movie. He's yeah. a great actor. Great voiceover. Um, he's a great thespian. He, yeah, he's just a, a total talent. And uh, between his... Well, just look at The Last Jedi, Superman yeah. versus Rise of Skywalker. Let's go on to
1: Mark Hamill tangent all of his humility. Like when people like, hey, you know, I don't like... When you uh, agreed with Jake, or was it? He would just like a tweet from J.K. and He's like, you know what? I'll try to do better. I'm sorry. Yeah. What a he, great guy.
0: He, he's just a dude who's understanding. Uh, he cracks wise ass jokes on Twitter and um, <laughs> has been nothing but respectful to, to fans of his work. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's, that's all I can really ask for. That. Um, at DC Flashill, okay. see, you know what? I like that that uh, Twitter handle because it's simple, straight to the point, and I know exactly where you're from. And they have a ray. Uh, Twitter icon, so I like you. Number one, The Last Jedi, don't know why that was a surprise to me. Shin Godzilla, Evangelion 3.3. I haven't seen that. Three, you cannot that. redo? Yeah.
1: We're not going to get a into thing. that. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm like, what?
0: Um, eighth similar. Grade, Looper, Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. Volume 2. Uh, I
1: like this
0: guy's list. Uh, I like it too. The World's or End, yeah. La La Land, Knives Out, wow, and Whiplash. Killer list. Good choices. More Thank you. Uh, at Trapped in My Mind, uh, Oh, there's some French titles. I'm sorry. sorry. This is for the year, top five. *Dulier et Glore, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Parasite. Un Vieux Cachet. And The Irishman.
1: Nice.
0: I'm, I'm assuming the other ones are good. Uh, that, was, that was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, number six. Inherent Vice. The Paul Thomas Anderson film. Oh, yeah. That people <laughs> felt like, what the hell was that? <laughs> and the moment I walked out of the theater, actually with Jean. Uh, oh,
1: yeah. I don't know if you remember
0: yeah. this. You, and I believe our friend, uh, Andrew Santa Cruz were not over the moon about yeah, it. Yeah, I don't think I liked it the first time, to be honest. Oh, that
1: was like five years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I watched it twice. I think I liked it more. Um, I just have, I don't know, like, I, I don't know what I don't like about that movie. It's mm-hmm. fairly good. It wouldn't be on my top 10.
0: I appreciate that. I like it a um, lot. It, it is definitely his most controversial film, I feel like. because yeah. Some people just hate it. I don't hate like, it. Like, loathe it. No yeah. people like me love it um, i mean yeah it's a good uh stone like stone movie yeah it, it uh actually reminds me a little bit of the beach bum this is a much better movie than the beach bum but just that it's it feels like you're getting high with the characters <laughs> you're getting a contact high from watching the movie you're like wait does this make any sense and if you trace it back it kind of does but it's yeah. also like it's, it's a very dense of, movie it's a very dense movie it's also another end of the era film like once upon a time in hollywood um where characters try to rekindle like this flame of like past glory, and it's just that's not a thing at a certain point, and uh, how they have to move on to an uncertain future with very little life rafts around them. Yeah. Uh, so that, that that's that's number six. Then, mm-hmm. uh, if I could just do one more really quick, sure. uh, Jake is 2006 emo once again said for the top five of the year: *Marriage Story*, *Jojo Rabbit*, *Parasite*, *Irishman*, and *The Lighthouse*. We didn't talk about *The Lighthouse*, but yeah, we both like, like *The Lighthouse* a lot. I love that. Uh, all right, number five, Gene.
1: Yeah, uh, Pacific Rim, another GDT movie.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. I guess just a quick note. I limited myself to one film per franchise and filmmaker. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Good. No, yeah. that's, that's, that was not a prerequisite whatsoever. Just a note for the listeners. Um, yeah, Pacific Rim. What? What? What do you? What you got? Yeah,
1: Pacific Rim. Just I love giant monster movies. I love giant mechs. I love the uh, just the diversity of the characters, the cast, its message. Working together, it says, walls are stupid, walls don't work, because they're just stupid.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like and the monsters in, just get rid of them. Yeah. Uh, in case you're wondering more about our conversation about movies and politics, yeah. where Guillermo Toro might stand on things. Yeah.
1: What's it going to do? The monster's going to wreck it.
0: Yep. So, But yeah, it's
1: just, you know, just great fucking movie. Yeah, it's one of his best. I love it. It's just everything he loves about monsters and the the... Genre and he just takes his own spin on it, you know. Uh, amazing, to love it. Yeah, yeah. Not say anything bad
0: about it. Terrific IMAX movie. Oh yeah. I might have a little more to say in it. Mm. Um, at Jeff Movie Man, top ten of the decade: The Social Network, Hugo, Life of Pi, Wolf of Wall Street, Whiplash, Mad Max: Fury Road, Arrival, Three Billboards, If Beale Street Could Talk. very good. underrated film. That was good. Uh, Parasite. It's a sad
1: movie. Very sad.
0: It's Barry Jenkins followed to Moonlight if Beale Street could talk. Please check it out. Did not get the the hype deserved after Moonlight but very, very good film. Uh, At be Oliver 36 for top five of the the year. High Flying Bird, Hustlers, Knives Out, Dolomite Is My Name and Uncut Gems. I felt High Flying Bird was really overlooked. I I I, I was really enjoying it. Uh, High Flying Bird. Go go check it it out. Netflix.
1: I mean, um, I'm a fairly like fairly okay basketball fan, you know. Mm-hmm. Um but it had a lot to say about the game and uh its players. Mm-hmm. And
0: <laughs> I think the last time we said it has the uh has the MVP Bill Duke. Yep, Bill Duke? Bill Duke yeah we Duke had human. him on the podcast. Yes, he was. Uh link down <laughs> below because Gene ran a fantastic interview with Bill Duke on Yeah, that. Bill Duke's great. Um, we had to cast him one day. I would love to work <laughs> with Bill Duke. That would be the, the shit. Oh fuck yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, my number five then yeah. segue into Shane Black's The Predator. Oh, there you go. No, I'm just kidding. No, okay. Sorry. I, mean, I feel like you would have put that. No, no, that's a like the parody version of you would. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a soft spot for that yeah. B movie, but uh, that's, no, it just doesn't yeah. work. Um, my number five, though, this is completely sincere. Black Hat, Michael Mann's 2001: <laughs> A Space oh, Odyssey. I really uh, did. Yep, you sure did. Uh, it has more in common with One Car Why than it does. Um, the Michael Mann of previous years, but also it's also the most Michael Mann movie. It's a globe-trotting science fiction thriller with Chris Hemsworth as a computer hacker. Black hat hacker. It's a black hat hacker named Hathaway. Uh, It's got an international cast flavor to it, which apparently Michael Mann's actually always wanted to do for like decades at this point. And um, it ties together his interests with like anti-capitalist establishments, how technology is not the problem but it can be a problem in the wrong hands and it can also be used for good can bring people together it if we're confined to certain structures they can be turned against us it is it is a movie made by a madman it lost <laughs> dozens of millions of dollars it might have lost like a hundred million dollars for universal um part of me thinks it's michael Mann's like anti-establishment performance art is to just keep continually Sinking movie projects for studios. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, yeah. um, but it is—it is a movie that I was like, yeah, I really like that. It's probably not my favorite Michael Mann movie, and it's still not. But rewatching it, I was like, oh shit, this is like—I think this one's gonna stick around for a while. Yeah, uh, maybe I'll see it one day. May- maybe you'll see it you one day. Maybe you'll hate it. You Who knows? It right but um, I cannot recommend it enough to the, the fans of Michael Mann. It's for the reading for everyone else. I'll say that it's. Yeah. Uh, that's another dense film. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. For yeah, this, sorry. this and the hair Vice. Yeah. But uh, number four, Gene, what do okay. you got? Uh, I got it. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Wow. Yeah. Number so four. I'm very. You're surprised, like surprised, man. really? Well, I'm. I'm just happy. I like those guys. Oh, okay, yeah. And they didn't even make my top ten. It didn't make your top. Oh, okay. no. Yeah. I, <laughs> well, and I, I love them. them.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. I just. I love that movie. Um. People that criticize Marvel. Um, say they're not, you know, real movies, I would really disagree and I would point to that. Um, I just feel like it's a good comedy, but it's a great movie about just, like, losers, but then they're also, it's a, it's a, it's a movie, like, kind of about, like, forgiving yourself, about, like, be, like abuse, basically, because that's what happened to Rocket, uh, Star Wars, um, Gamora. And, yeah, it's, uh, I love James Gunn's direction. I think he's a great writer and director. Um, yeah, and it's just so visually interesting. And, you know, just the soundtrack, I mean, there's a reason why everyone listens to it. and mm-hmm. I, you know, because everyone talks about the comedy, but I just, I love the drama of it. And I love, like, the humanity of those characters. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they're always special to me. And, yeah, I think it, I like volume two, but, yeah, volume one still is my favorite.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh Yeah. Did not make my list. Volume 2 is my favorite Marvel movie. Mm -hmm. As I've said many times in this podcast, I don't want to get the whole thing there. But uh, I'm really happy it made yours. (laughs) Honestly, it's close to the top 10. Uh, Another top 5 for the year from our buddy PJ Campbell. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Irishman, Uncut Gems, Avengers Endgame, Knives Out. I know you put Avengers Endgame in there just for me so well, I'm gonna I'm not to have to give you a call later fight dude. you yeah I know where you live uh, and at Corey Sim 7 Toy Story 4 Booksmart Apollo 11 Once Upon a Time in Hollywood Dolomite is my name for top 5 of the year mm-hmm. uh, some good really good lists out there so thank yeah. you everyone who's who's uh, been I, I literally cannot read all of them there's too many people there's a lot so yeah. thank you very much for that uh, my number 4 Kubo and the Two Strings oh that's good uh, maybe my favorite animated movie ever favorite anime uh, it Travis is- Knight Travis Knight, yeah, fantastic amazing. filmmaker. Go see Bumblebee. President of Lyco. Oh, yeah, Bumblebee's very good. Um, definitely some problematic elements. Like it's, It was 2016 when it came out. Why did you have white actors voice Japanese characters? Like, Come on, dude. But regardless, if you can't overlook that, I totally get it. That's, that, that is completely valid. I, I just want to make that clear. But it's a very moving movie about grief, death, and loss, and how the people we love were never truly far from us and the experiences we have and the connections we share as people are more powerful than anything. And I, I cried a lot when I first saw it. Uh, Someone passed away very recently Mm -hmm. uh, after that movie came out for me. And um, it was just devastating and it, it it helped fill a little hole in my heart. So I'll always have a great appreciation for that film. And uh, yeah, that's, Shout out to Moana, which came out the same year, and that one's pretty close to making my top ten, too. Not Lava. Uh, not Lava. Sorry. Um, lava? Lava's really bad. Lava <laughs> is like Baby Yoda of short films to me. <laughs> no, Baby Yoda's cute. I just want to kill it. But that's another conversation for another time. Uh, oh, my God. We're at number three already, Gee, Yeah. We're winding down. What do you got? Yeah, Max, Fury Road. it's not surprised it's on my list, too. <laughs> but why, why don't you go ahead and just... Yeah. Um, yeah, we should just...
1: Um yeah, it's just George Miller at his best. Um, you know, just walked into that movie not expecting anything. Um, I don't know the build up of it, but I mean in certain uh film chatter it was getting really really hyped and um yeah, I just went in and I just I loved it. I loved that movie so much. Like one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh we'll just I'll take it back mm-hmm. and then we'll just go to audio and come mm mm-hmm yeah it's certainly one of my favorite movies of all time
0: yeah yeah um mad max free road also on my list <laughs> it
1: is is it the same spot
0: yeah oh wow that's crazy yeah um again all these things can mood change whatever uh just a sh- shout out to um yeah shout out to mad max free road i mean you kind of covered it right there uh completely wild experience for a theater i think because it is so, like, narratively stripped down to, like, the core elements of, like, an action film. And it lets the emotions carry everything more than most. So, like, when people complain about there not being a plot, like, there's a story there. But, like, you have to go with the movie's flow. It's not, it's not doing anything like experimental. It's just baseline filmmaking used to, like, express something. Because it's an art form. And that's what it's for. And it's really fucking cool. Yeah. So, uh, some other shout-outs really quick. To top 10 movies of the decade, uh, Hayden, That Dork Who Loves Movies, Drive, Before Midnight, Richard Linklater, always, uh, Toy Story 3, La La Land, Tree of Life, Her, which was also very close to making yeah. the list, uh, Mad Max Fury Road, Lady Bird, Blade Runner 2049, and Guardians of the Galaxy Vol. 2. So, good list. yeah, very good list. Um,
1: oh my god, number two then.
0: Where are we here. Um, the hateful. Eight. Whoa. I'm actually surprised it's that high on your list, but yeah. please,
1: please. Yeah, I just, I felt it was uh, certainly one of Tarantino's best. It has a lot to say just about the country and just racism. And, um, you know, it's a white, it's a white man. He really uh, conveys enough of uh, the story to really um, speak to that, you know? Um, yeah, I think he handles it really well. Um, and, yeah, it's just prophalic and just the way they shoot it and just the you know, way that story moves, and I, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm really appreciative to it.
0: Yeah, uh, I really love the Hateful Eight. I get it being a little too mean for repeat yeah. viewing for people. Sometimes it's, a, yeah. it's the most vile movie he's ever
1: made. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, it's I mean, it's maybe very very Bill. People just get shocked
0: but it's cartoony. It's cartoony. This one yeah. is like, just so oh, like they're it's they're just up. cynically nihilistically. Yeah, ugly. So many. Yeah. I mean, it's it's his remake of the thing, like that's. Basically how dark it is. Yeah. But instead of a shapeshifting alien, it's a the racism. boiling kettle of America's history with racism just exploding all over everyone. Yeah, and it was almost a Django movie too. That's right, huh? Yeah. Do you wanna do a quick little next word? Um, I
1: believe the story was in like uh it was like Django and like hell or like White Hell, I believe. Or uh yeah, just just um yeah, I think the Mark Mark um, the Samuel L. Jackson character was almost Django.
0: Wow. But yeah, he
1: just decided against it,
0: but I don't know. It could be
1: um, who knows what it'll do for his last movie.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to that eventually. Uh I get probably the last one I'll read out at movie Kale for uh Top Five Movies of the Year, Friend of the Show also. Um Thank you for, for joining us on multiple occasions also Kale. Thank you to everyone who has joined yeah. us this year and all years this before. Decade. Yeah, this how is how long decade? have we been around? Oh my god, we've been around three years, four years? I like I officially? Know, like five maybe? Like six years, no way. Yeah, six years. I look on YouTube channel.
1: Yeah, YouTube channel is 2014. Jesus, my
0: god, okay. Uh, well, top five for movie Kale at Astra, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Parasite, Little Woman, and the Irishman. Good top five for the years. I think it's just gonna be the last one, so we can wrap up the show. Yeah, um, my number two. And I actually have three more left. I'm not going to do both. Yeah. All three of them. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, Personal it's cool. Shopper, Ooh, nice. the Olivier Assayas film starring together. Kristen Stewart. Uh, we did see that together. Um, we saw a Q and A after with Kristen Stewart. Very thought-provoking actress, very human actress. And it's a ghost story film, also about technology. Great double feature with Black Hat. That's what that movie is. Um, about depression. It's about people withdrawing from themselves and using like technology as a cushion. Again, it's not. It doesn't paint technology as good or bad. It's just taking a bunch of what we consider to be the norm for nowadays and kind of turning it on its head to tell a very modern ghost story about the demons we can let in yeah. when we let ourselves go to a dark place. Great, great movie. I'm making it sound more supernatural than it is, and it's not really that focused. Um, it's very Hitchcockian. It's terrific and uh, one of the best closing shots of the decade also. Yeah. All right, number one, Gene. What is your number one film of
1: the decade? right I'd go with a movie that made me want to get into films, filmmaking. Inception, number one. I I remember telling my friend next to me, saying, "Oh, that's what I forgot. What scene it was? Like, yeah, that's what I want to do in the theater, just watching it. Yeah, that's such a great form. The way they use practical sets, the way they sell." The effects and just really put you in that world i think movies uh just at the end of the day need to put you somewhere else take you away from the troubles of everyday life and i just i love nolan i think he's a great human filmmaker and yeah he needs to get more credit than he is because i don't think he's cold i don't think he's uh you know um you know he's he's a very liberal if you watch dunkirk it's about people coming together you know Mm. um yeah i just i love that guy
0: i'm torn because I did have two on my list that I really wanted to mention. Um, yeah, I guess drum roll. roll. My heart tells me one thing, my brain tells me another. I'm trying to push it. them together right now. You, you can only pick one. I know, I know. The other one will be on a written list. Okay. Um, or could I say it as an honorable mention? No. no? You can do okay. one. <sighs> Forgive me. The movie of the decade for me is The Other Side of the Wind oh, by okay. Orson Welles. That's great. Uh, which was not even it's in com- its completed form. But there was enough left over from his notes to construct the film. Yeah. Okay. And I think it's my number one because it shows what we can do with the technology now. What we, we can do to, like, restore the history of film and create something new for people, you know. I'm not advocating at all for the CGI dead people thing. Holy fuck, someone stop them from doing that ever again. Yeah. do not. I, don't, I do not want to see James Dean in a movie and he's gone, but for the actual like preservation of the film, I think it's a it's a testament to what's capable now. And I also think, as Orson Welles' final completed film, which he has said was not autobiographical, <laughs> which he carried to his death, yeah. also noted in the excellent Netflix documentary that was released alongside this, The Love Me When I'm Dead. No, um, It is so clearly autobiographical about Orson Welles' time in England and what it was like to come back to Hollywood, a Hollywood that he no longer recognized, and an art form that moved away from the art a little bit he maybe felt kind of passed him by yeah yeah and um i think that's the thing he felt it passed him by and maybe like the the construction of the art form itself did but he himself was still so ahead of his time because this film still hits what i imagine would have would have felt like throughout the decades prior like it's telling a, a really tragic story about a dude who's like repressed his like gender, like, identity, or like at least, like, uh, sexuality. Um, a dude who does feel left behind by the world. Fantastic performances by many actors who have passed on, um, not passed on, the great Peter Bogdanovich. Mm-hmm. He's good in that. Uh, uh, I think John, uh, I think uh, John Houston. John Huston, who is no longer with us, of course. Mm-hmm. Awesome performance. In a perfect world, this would have won Best Editing, like, hands down, a bunch of film uh, award. Festivals and mm-hmm. and uh, everything in never 2018. Never won an Oscar? I never think. won an Oscar. It would have been perfect if you won for this. Citizen Kane did not win. Citizen Kane did not win. That's so often like How exciting. Green Was My Valley or something. And it was the green book of its time. Oh, God. And uh, yeah, th- this is some of the best editing ever. Just because of how it was constructed, but also because it's never confusing and you never lose the flow or the rhythm of the film. Yeah. It's constantly throwing new things at you. It's constantly building these dynamics between these characters, it's the last night in the life of, a, of an aging filmmaker who committed suicide, and it's just, it's one of those movies I watch and I feel so fulfilled by, and I'm like, I want to do that.
1: Yeah.
0: And as uh, I, I watch it when I'm down, I watch it when I'm excited, I watch it literally all the time. I must have seen it dozens of times by now, either in the background or while I'm paying attention to it completely. It is, uh, yeah, it's one of my favorite movies ever. It's the best movie of the decade to me. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess that's that's the show.
1: Yeah. That's it. it. This
0: is the last one oh of the decade, God. Gene. yeah. We did it. What are to do in the cold morning? I oh, do Drink pop beer. God, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Um, but Yeah, we've grown a lot. We've, uh, yeah. Yeah. I need to shave a little bit. We've have shaved. a little stubble. Yeah. We learned, we yeah
1: we, we've learned. We've loved. Yeah, we've learned. We've loved. We drank. we yeah, we, we met fought. all these great fans at panels.
0: Yeah, we did panels at Comic-Con, which you can go watch on our YouTube channel. We've seen our growth. yeah. Um, sh- the last panel at Comic Con was a sh- shit ton of fun Yeah, uh, both yeah. of them were and I'm, I hope to continue doing that into the years to come um, yeah I don't know I don't really have a statement or anything like that yeah. I'm just thankful for everyone who's listened and thanks for allowing us to grow and I, th- I think the next year will be our best year yet and yeah. I-, I hope we can continue growing just to keep talking about movies with everyone on Twitter and everyone here on YouTube SoundCloud Spotify iTunes and Patreon uh, links down to all that below please support us if you can if not just spread the word Gene, thank you again so much, my friend. Where can the people find you? Gene9892 on Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow me on Twitter at the Diego Crespo. Links down below again to everything. Go! Unless you're listening on SoundCloud and Spotify yeah. and iTunes, then check us out on the Twitters again at The Waffle Press. So thank you for listening. Thanks for watching. Happy New Year. We have been professionally unprofessional.